I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. Hello and welcome to the Raptors Reaction Podcast for Yahoo Sports Canada. I'm your host, William Loom, speaking to you after the Toronto Raptors lost game two by a score of 94 to 89 to the Philadelphia 76ers. This was a frustrating game. It was a really frustrating game. The Raptors fought an uphill battle basically all night. I mean, it was it was ugly. Neither team could really get their offense going. I don't think the Raptors ever had more than three straight possessions where they scored, which is really, really tough to do. And, um, you know, it, it was just one of those games where, again, like the Raptors, um, you know, they had a chance at the end. It, it, uh, I don't want to sound like Dwayne Casey and say it's a make or miss league, Doug, but like Danny Green off a broken play, wide open from three. And Danny Green shot like, what, 45, 46% from three in the regular season. You know, I, I've been on, I was on the podcast talking about how he was the most reliable three point shooter, most automatic three point shooter in Raptors history. Didn't look like it tonight. And Danny, you know, he's 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 yet to really have a good, strong stretch in the playoffs so far. I mean, he's been okay, but um, you know, today he was just just bad. Um, one of six in that wide open three off a broken set where Kyler tried to nutmeg. He tried to nutmeg um, Tobias Harris trying to create a shot. I don't know. It, it wasn't great. The Raptors were down three. Um, it looked like they were maybe going to try to set up something. Like to go for a quick two because they had 24 seconds left. Uh, who knows? But it wasn't immediately clear what was going on because I think Danny Green was about to run a pick and roll with Marcus Saul before Kyle took over, and then he tried to take Tobias one on one, try to go between his legs. Tobias just was like, "What are you doing?" And there's a loose ball, and then eventually, you know, it, it found Danny wide open, and he missed it. And that was just kind of how the whole night went for the Raptors. It was just nothing was going on. The Raptors shot 36 percent from the field. That's 33 for 91. And 10 of 37 from deep. And, you know, honestly, the Sixers didn't do much better. Like, they shot 39% from the field and 29% from deep. But, like, I, it was just, you know, so many open looks that the Raptors missed. I mean, you know, down the stretch, they're actually making a couple. Pascal finally got one to drop, and then Kyle hit two threes. But, like, just throughout the game, so many open looks. And they just... And it just it came back to bite them. But honestly, like the Raptors fought an uphill battle all night, and that's where you got to give a lot of credit to Sixers coach Brett Brown for making great adjustments. Um, you know, after game one, it was clear that his team couldn't really win playing the same style that they always want to. And so, you know, he shuffled it up, and it was pretty major in terms of just adjustments. I mean, he put, first off, Tobias Harris on Marc Gasol, right? Very curious decision, right? Um but, you know, he also had um, Embiid, then guard, uh, you know, Pascal Siakam, which, again, also a very unorthodox decision. And then he had Ben Simmons guard Kawhi Leonard. Now, I would say all three worked to varying degrees. First off, Ben made Kawhi work a lot harder than uh, a guy like Butler did. It just didn't seem like Butler was all that engaged. I just, and it kind of sapped Butler's energy anyway, offensively. I think on both fronts, you know, Butler was a lot better today. I'll talk about him in a sec. But... Um, you know, at least Kawhi was able to score through the extra attention. Now, not only did they put 
uh, Ben Simmons on Kawhi, but you know Brett Brown also made the decision as you know Joel Embiid kind of suggested after Game One, where he said we got to come up with a better game plan and double Kawhi. Um, but yeah, the Sixers were showing a lot more doubles to Kawhi, and Kawhi made a all night. He was making the right passes um, to guys, and it was swinging for open threes, and the Raptors just couldn't hit them. And uh, even late in the game, you know, Kawhi ends up drawing extra attention. He finds Pascal for three. He hits it finally, and and same thing for Kyle. And it was nice to see that process because Kawhi did have seven assists tonight, and, you know, he was making the right decisions. But also, like, Kawhi is also so good that he's still going to score. And today, I mean, he was phenomenal. He still had 35 points on 13-24 to shooting. And this is despite the fact he's getting a double and despite the fact that, you know, Ben Simmons played great defense on Kawhi. It was just it just it just wasn't going, and it was it was really uh, confounding. But the other adjustments worked really well, in the sense that Gasol um, going up against uh, Harris, and he, you know he has like what sixty seventy pounds on Harris. Shot one of six from the field, one of four from deep. Um, you know, still made his usual impact plays. Still played good defense on great defense on Joel Embiid, except for the last possession, which is nothing you can really do. Embiid just made a very special drive to the rim. Um, you know. Mark did all the other stuff, but he just he couldn't score. He he just he couldn't score. His only basket of the game was uh, you know about three minutes left in the fourth quarter, or third quarter. There, uh, Boban was on the floor and 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 uh, Gasol got a three to drop. But otherwise, he just he couldn't really punish them too much. And um, and yeah, and, and and also it was Pascal. Like Pascal just wasn't really able to be effective. I mean, he went from being ultra efficient in game one, twelve of fifteen to nine of twenty five today. And he just really struggled with Embiid's length. And again, all this really just, you know, ties back to the Raptors fighting this uphill battle. Because really, the Sixers jump over the Raptors because the Raptors just offensively, they were they looked confused. Like, they didn't really anticipate what was going on. I don't think Nick Nurse really gave them pretty clear instructions, at least in the early timeouts, of like, hey, this is what we should attack, this and this and this. It just looked like the Raptors out of sorts. Like, Kawhi wasn't really touching the ball much early. And then Pascal was... You know, he had a great move early on where he just scored over Embiid and I was like, oh my God, is he just going to dominate Embiid as well? No, it turned out it didn't really happen because the rest of the game, Pascal was driving at Embiid, wasn't getting foul calls, you know, was just kind of throwing up shots and it just, it wasn't really working. And also, the, the the more discouraging part was, you know, Pascal started losing his confidence and for most of the second and third uh, third quarters there, I just, you didn't even notice, like, Pascal, there's a couple times where, you know, he like the one play where he... He he, uh, you know, pushed the pace in transition. I think got to the rim, um, and that was a nice play. But I mean, like for the most part, he really struggled against Embiid, and it was, it was kind of hard to watch. And 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 you know, the Raptors just couldn't run their usual offense. Like it was very lethargic. I mean, even with the brick threes and things like that, it was just lethargic all throughout. And in the second half, I think after halftime, you know, I think Nick Nurse did make some good adjustments to counter some of the things that the Sixers did, which is what you want to see from a coach, right? You do want to see in-game adjustments. Like Nick Nurse took a lot of heat today, but, you know, I think he did make some good adjustments because if you look at it, Raptors only had 38 points in the first half uh, combined and uh, 25 points in the third quarter, 26 points in the fourth quarter. Um, some of that is threes dropping, but some of that is also just the Raptors had a better game plan for attacking. Like, for example, they got Gasol the ball in the post and whether or not, you know, while he wasn't scoring – out of there he wasn't really shooting out of there but he was able to uh, create open looks for other players when they were you know cutting like there was one play where Kawhi cut to the basket while Gasol was really deep in the paint all the attention was on Gasol Kawhi slips free and he gets a dunk um you know just there are ways to use Mark in the post um against Tobias Harris I don't ultimately think that Mark can actually score very well against Harris or just score well very well in the paint anyway it's weird because like 
first off, there's a misnomer that Gasol is a dominant low post scorer. He just he's never really been that. He's always been more a little more perimeter oriented. But I find especially when he's around the basket, like first off, he just always insists on taking like little short jumpers instead of doing the hook shot. Like you compare it to how JV, like JV, will if he if he did shoot a jumper, it was basically you know pick and pop, or was that like little short baseline fadeaway? Where you know he spins over the, the, the I think the, the the right shoulder and he he gets a little short jumper to fall that's fine and you know Gasol does that shot too but like Gasol just really loves taking the sh- the little short jumpers instead of taking the hook shot like the reason why JV was so effective around the basket was because he would go to that hook shot and it was super super um, he had great touch on it right but you know just Gasol always likes to shoot for the little jumper instead even when he's like within like three five feet of the basket he's still shooting the jumper which is weird um. But, yeah, ultimately, I mean, we've seen all season, right? Because I don't think Gasol is really, as a low-post guy, is not really going to be able to punish Harris sort of just, you know, point blank. But there are other ways, you know, you can put him deep in the post, have him draw some doubles and, and, and you know, play out of that. But I, I think, you know, the Raptors, again, like, they made decent adjustments. I think the, the adjustment with Pascal was sort of playing him more into space. So um, the way Embiid was sort of playing him was kind of, he was shutting him off in the paint, but also he wasn't coming out of the paint because he was still providing help at the rim. And he was just kind of content to let Pascal shoot. And especially when Pascal wasn't hitting, you know, it was a very effective strategy. Pascal started passing him some shots. But, um, you know, there are ways to counter that. Like, you know, the Sixers do a great job with that, for example, with a guy like Ben Simmons, who, again, obviously teams don't, you know, defend him too much. They could go under on screens or shit. But, like, you know, the way they, they counter that is, you know, they, they have guys like J.J. Redick sort of play and come around screens with Simmons. And if the guy is sagging so much off Simmons that there's all of a sudden a screen with Redick, then it's a two-on-one situation where someone's trying to climb over the screen to to, to take away Redick's three and, um, you know, and there's no help there. So I think the Raptors can kind of do a similar thing. Um, the Raptors' adjustment wasn't as clear as that. Like, for example, like they, they kind of got Kyle into pick-and-roll action more with uh, Pascal and Pascal got some open looks or some decent room to attack. I think that's one way. But I think the other way would just be like, why not have Pascal screen for Kawhi Leonard? Because Kawhi is a threat to pull up from three. If Pascal can set a good screen and Embiid's in the paint, then all of a sudden Kawhi is an open three. And uh, even if that's not there, you know, like you can at least have uh, your two most, you know, potent offensive players sort of play together and create shots. But, um, you know, the Raptors as a whole, I just think that, you know, first half they were flustered. And second half, you know, they made a comeback. Uh, and, and yeah, like, you know, they they really brought it really close twice, actually. They made two comebacks, really, because Raptors were down 13 and a half. You know, the starters came in. They they, they put in a really strong shift. It's like a 17 to 4 run. Um, and I think the Raptors were only down one after Marcus Hollis split, uh, hit a pair of free throws. But then all of a sudden the bench came in, and then they just – over the course of the next five minutes, they just completely shat the bed, and uh, all of a sudden the Sixers are back up eleven, and then the Raptors starters come back in, and you know they're they're making a great push. Kawhi's hitting some ridiculous shots off drives. I mean, very contested, multiple bodies. He's just going through contact and finishing and getting free throws. Uh, the Raptors finally hit a couple of threes, and you know again they got another chance, but. Um, but, uh, yeah, that's where you got to credit a guy like Jimmy Butler who, you know, Butler was weird in game one, like really, really weird. I think he only had like 10 points. He shot 4-12 from the field, wasn't very engaged, and kind of was getting roasted on defense because he was guarding Kawhi. Maybe the guarding Kawhi thing was taking a lot of energy out of him, so that's why the Sixers sort of switched it up and they put Butler on Larry, which is a lot more, much – it's just a lot easier of an assignment, let's be real. 
Um, but Butler really went off, man. I mean, um, you know, he was hitting some big threes down the stretch. He, he off the mid range jumpers there. I mean, he's he's their closer, and he's he's always going to be the guy that's going to be getting shots. Like occasionally, Embiid will get a couple, but ultimately, Embiid versus Gasol. I mean, it's it's not the easiest matchup for Embiid to score. So it's it's a lot, you know, a lot is on Butler's shoulders to create, and he was great down the stretch. Um, now he did get two free free throws where Gasol sort of slapped at the ball, got all ball, but Butler threw his arms up in the air, and it was two free throws. Okay, that's annoying. But Butler, I mean, he was just phenomenal otherwise. I mean, 30 points tonight, 9 of 22 shooting, 4 of 10 from 3, 8 of 8 from the free throw line. Um, Brett Brown said in the post game that it was James Butler tonight, as in he was the adult in the room, which is kind of funny to, to, to for him to switch up his name like that. But, um, yeah, it felt that way. It really did because, again, the Raptors were making a hard push. They were about to take this game. It was sort of a make-or-break moment for the Sixers, and Jimmy Butler bailed them out. And so you got to give him a lot of credit. Um, I think the way the Raptors are guarding Butler, I think for the most part, is okay. Like, Butler today made a lot of tough shots. Like, the fact that, you know, he took 10 threes at all is is reflective of how aggressive he is because normally he's not really a guy that gets the three a lot. And hit, hitting four is, you know, whatever. I mean, he's capable. He can do that. But um, I, I think for the most part, the Raptors' defense against him is okay. Like, um, they're putting length against him for the most part with Pascal. Occasionally, they'll put Danny Green, which is about like size. But, you know, they're sort of trying to get him off the three-point line. And then they're giving him a little bit of that mid-range area where, you know, Butler is really good. But for the most part, you know, they're sort of chasing from behind. And it's really just occasionally a couple times Butler will get free and get to the rim. And that's where he really hurts you because, you know, he's really big. He's really strong. When he gets to the rim, he's crafty. Like, he, he, he got eight free throws. And I think that really hurt the Raptors more than anything else. Uh, you know, more than anything was Butler because you just can't give him those free throws. Like, he's really effective when he can get to the line. Um. But, yeah, I mean, it's also just a just a change in mentality, right? Like, first off, in game one, there was a lot of offense going through Tobias Harris. Today, only 3 of 11. He just wasn't nearly as effective. But, uh, you know, part of that was also just because Butler took a bigger cut of the offense. And I think to, if I were the Sixers, I would really, really try to go through Butler a lot more because he is pretty much their best creator um, on the wing, and um, the Raptors aren't stashing the best defender on him, right? Like, it, it would be one thing if Kawhi was guarding Butler, and then, like, okay, maybe don't go through Butler. But, um, but yeah, who knows? And maybe, look, maybe that's one adjustment for Nick Nurse to make. Maybe he needs to put Kawhi on Butler. Uh, because even down the stretch there, I mean, you know, Ben Simmons can do some things, but it was very clear that Ben Simmons was just a setup man towards the end, and that Butler was going to get the offense, so why not have Kawhi on Butler? I'm not entirely sure. But, um, but yeah, you guys got to tip your hat to Jimmy Butler. He he made or James Butler, I guess. You know, he he made some huge plays, but I don't know. I don't know. A lot of it also just comes down to the bench. Like the bench has been so bad for the Raptors. Like every single game you see guys like Fred Van Vliet have a minus 18 in the <laughs> in the box score. Joe, uh, Norman Powell minus 17, Serge Ibaka minus 12. I mean, like first off the Raptors got five total points off the bench. Five entire total points from the bench. Serge Ibaka making twenty million dollars. Fred Van Vliet making about nine million dollars. Norman Powell making ten million dollars. Jody Meeks. Well, I mean, I don't even blame Jody Meeks to be honest. He shouldn't be in the game at all. That's on Nick Nurse. But those three guys making a combined forty plus million gave you five total points. Meanwhile, you look on the Sixers bench. All right, most of these guys are minimum players. You know, just on rookie contracts or just veteran minimums. Greg Monroe. We we all know Greg Monroe here in Toronto. 10 points in 11 minutes. Wow. 
just just wow. Um, James Ennis, who you know was completely useless with the Rockets, and the Rockets this year really really needed depth. Like they didn't have any depth for most of the year, and they still cut Ennis. Ennis thirteen points, four of ten. He he's been great in both games one and two. And you know whatever Bolden came in and gave him three points, but you know mostly for the most part just bought some time. I mean like, I, I, man, you you can't get outscored twenty six to five off the bench. Like it's it, it's just so much. There's only so much the starters can do, right? Like I think Kyle stepped up his offense today, and it was kind of encouraging that he was able to generate some some offenses. It's kind of ugly when Kyle generates offense, but it's fine. Whatever, you know. You know, um, Pastel Scott still got to twenty one despite having a tough night. Kawhi obviously was incredible with thirty five. But you just can't survive only five points off the bench, you know? And these guys are more talented. They're more capable than this, but it's just it's just not working. And, and for the life of me, I can't really figure it out. If, I, if I'm Nick Nurse, you know, there's one thing. Okay, you can get on Nick for, like, okay, maybe not putting all five guys, all, all four bench guys together at once. Like, he did that towards the end of the third quarter, and it just it just kind of stopped the Raptors running its tracks. Like, first off, throwing Jody Meeks in the game was just ridiculous. Like, Jody had a – I don't even blame Jody because he didn't even play in the first half, so I don't think he was expecting to play in the second half. But when he did come in, he missed a wide-open corner three, which is basically the only thing he does. Um, and then he missed on a box out where Ennis got around him and got fouled and got to the free throw line. And, uh, and then, you know – yeah, I mean, Meeks had Fred Van Vliet wide open in the corner. He just needed to swing the ball, but instead he tried to make a little drive, and then he turned it over. Like, you know, it was disastrous. One minute, 30 seconds for Meeks, who was a minus four. Um, you know, again, you look at this game, the, the narrow margin that it sort of ended up being, like, in a one-possession game, a minus four over a minute 30 comes becomes really costly. But also, you know, I, I don't want to blame Meeks too much because, really, it's it's on the rest of the guys. It's on Ibaka. It's on Van Vliet. It's on Powell. Those guys have all been – Terrible throughout the playoffs. Just terrible. They've had some moments. Like, Powell had some nice moments against the Magic. And Van Vliet had that one 10 assist game. But, like, for the most part, man, like, these guys just got to do a lot better. Like, they just have to look in the mirror. They have to do a lot better. Like, Surge, for example. What the hell are you doing leaving your feet twice on Joel Embiid's pump fix? Like, what are you doing? You know the box. You know the game plan there. You know... First off, you know that you can't even hold Embiid in the post. So, why the hell are you jumping when he pretends to take a jumper? Like... Just let him shoot. Just let him shoot the jumper. He's he's not a good shooter from out there, even when healthy. He's definitely not healthy right now. Let him shoot, right? Um, you know, you know Serge gave uh, Embiid a couple of free, just like free opportunities on the free throw line. Embiid shot eight free throws. That has to be lower going forward. It just has to be. Um, and it just speaks to discipline. Like Serge just has to have better, you know, decision making. But also, speaking of decision making, like there's one play where there's like a three on one fast break. Think like Fred, you know, Pascal, and um, and Serge, and for some reason Serge floats the three point line instead of filling the lane, and he ends up getting in Pascal's way. And then not only did it float to the three point line, but he also stepped out of bounds, so it got it became a turnover. And it's like, what are you doing? You're you're a center. You got to fill the lane in that situation. You're not fading to the three point line, man. So it's been real frustrating for Serge. I mean, like you know, he can't hold up. Um, he he can't hold up. Uh, Embiid whatsoever. Maybe the Raptors need to consider sort of shuffling the minutes. Um, you know, I, I think game one, it was okay not to shuffle the minutes because the starters were rolling so well. And, you know, it made sense to sort of keep them together and sort of press your advantage. But starters weren't rolling well tonight. And, uh, and yeah, you just you just kind of have to, you know, it, it's unfortunate. You don't want to necessarily always adjust to the opponent. But when the alternative is having Embiid post up surge and always score, like, 
you know, you you might want to get uh, you you might want to get Gasol a couple more minutes off the bench, just you know, with that group. But I mean, it's just the decision making is not good. The shot making is not good. Like Serge missed a wide open layup. He missed his like mid range jumpers and stuff. Like it was just he had one basket. It was a mid range jumper from Kyle, but otherwise it was bad. I mean, he had four tor- four fouls in thirteen minutes, minus twelve. Not good. Um, Fred, not good at all. Like just not good at all. And it's you know. I would say this is not a good series for him in the sense that the matchups aren't great. Like, there's nowhere to really put him. The Sixers are way bigger than him. He's even at a disadvantage against guys like, you know, James Ennis. And, and, and to Fred's credit, you know, he has done a really really good job sort of fighting through these post-ups and sort of, you know, creating disruptions. Kind of in the Kyle Lowry style away, not the same extent, but, you know, same kind of style. But, like, Fred is just he's, – he's overmatched in the series. Like, who can he get a shot against? Like, Who? First, I had zero points today, zero of two shooting. Like, but seriously, who is he getting a shot against? Right? Like, I, I, I mean, you know, it's it's tough. It's tough. He runs these pick and rolls with search. It goes nowhere. Like, it goes nowhere. They got bad timing. Um, they're, 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 the passing is not good. Van Vliet likes to look for his own shot there. Usually, it's in there because he has to dribble against some big guy and he can't really create. Like, what are you gonna do? And also, Fred playing eighteen minutes. Zero points and zero assists. Like, he just has to do better. And Van Vliet knows this, right? Like, you know, I, I was I was at practice over the weekend. Yes, after game one, Van Vliet, you know, he talked about it. Like, he was like, yo, listen, like, as, as the bench, we, you know, we, we have pride. We're looking at the film. We know what's, you know, you know we're not holding up our head of the bargain. And, and we need to do better. But, like, uh, this is this, this might be rock bottom. Like, I'm not saying play Jeremy Lin at all, by the way. I, I, I know there's a portion of Lin Hive right there, and people are curious. I'm here to tell you that Jeremy Lin, even in warmups and one-on-one drills, it's just he's he's lost his confidence right now. And I don't think he I think he can get it back eventually, but throwing him into the playoffs right now is not the solution. Now, so you just have to get Van Vliet to play better. But I mean, like Van Vliet, you got to play better. Zero point zero assists in eighteen minutes as the backup point guard. Like that's that's a tough look. And then Norm Powell, like has Norm tried to assert himself at all? You know what I mean? Like, I, I don't necessarily want Norm to take over the offense, but sometimes when Ibaka and Van Vliet are not doing anything, can I see Powell try to take some command of the team? Uh, or not even of the team, but just of the offense. Because there is things that Norm can do. I thought he finished the year really strong. He had a lot of great moments. You know, where is that? Uh, maybe like, it's because he's no longer playing with Gasol. Gasol and Powell had a good thing going. They never play together anymore, ever. Uh, and nobody has, no one has chemistry with Ibaka except for Kyle, who only ever feeds him on the little, you know, pick and pop. But, like, just what's Norm doing out there? He's completely invisible. Like, he had one three, but, like, you know, one rebound, one assist, like, minus 17. Like, he, he barely he, he barely impacted the game. And, again, these are guys who are talented. Like, we've seen – and the most frustrating thing, actually, is that, you know, all three of these guys have played with the starters before. You know, Norm not so much this year, but in previous years, obviously, he's been with the starters. He's, he started a, a whole bunch of games. But this season specifically, Surge started a ton of games. Van Blue started a ton of games, right? And these two guys have built up some experience to be able to play with the starting unit so that they could at least, at least buy them some minutes. And I just, for the life of me, I don't understand why they can't do it right now in the playoffs. So they have been so bad. It's a huge sink for the team. And, like, it's just... It's just it, it just discourages you, right? It discourages you if you, as the starters, where you come in. Okay, you'd have a great first, you know, shift of the game, but you know, second shift towards the end of the second quarter, starters have not played fine. You know, they they cut the gap a little bit, and then you know, 
start of the third quarter, they fight like hell, and they bring it to a one-point game, and they just tell the bench, can you just hold it? Can you just hold it for two freaking minutes? And they can do it. And then the starters, you know, are left to basically make a huge comeback yet again in the fourth quarter, and it just it must drain you. And again, over the course of a long playoff run, you can't really expect the Raptors starters to always do this. Like, I thought Kyle really overexerted himself today. Kawhi exerted a lot of energy. Pascal is always exhausting himself. Mark even played 35 minutes, which is pretty much the upper limit for him. Danny, 32, same same deal. You know, like, it's just, it gives the Raptors no breathing room. Nothing. When you when the bench only gives you five total points. Like, the Raptors, like, I'm watching this game, and I'm, I'm like, thinking, wow. I wish the Raptors had James Ennis. James Ennis is not good. James Ennis is not good, but I'm wishing the Raptors had James Ennis because James Ennis, by himself, has outscored the Raptors bench so far in the series. James Ennis has got, like, what, 24 points? I don't think the Raptors bench is at 24 points. So, you know, it's a, it's a tough look. And and the Raptors, uh, these guys just got to look in the mirror. Like They're, they're better than this. They got to come out more prepared. They got to come out more organized. They got to stay later in practice. The three of these guys, Norm, Van Vliet, and Ibaka, just the three of them, just stay together all the time, work together, figure it out. Just figure it out. Sit together on the planes, do whatever you need to do, but figure this shit out, man. This the bench is the bench is too talented and too it's just they they can't do this. They, the Raptors aren't going anywhere with the bench are, are gonna score five points. So we talked about all season Raptors bench was trash. And we're like, okay, yeah, we'll, we'll just limit their minutes to limit their minutes. We can't even buy ten minutes on the floor with the bench without them bleeding ten points, you know? So they gotta do better. They gotta do better. But uh Terms of your three stars, first star, obviously Kawhi Leonard, 35 points, 13 to 24 shooting, 3 of 10 from deep, 67 from the free throw line, 7 rebounds, 6 assists, steal a block, plus 4 in 42 minutes, man played his heart out, was great, inspirational performance, you know, kept trusting his teammates, um, I have the utmost confidence that Kawhi is going to continuously dominate, and to be honest, if the rest of the Raptors just joined him, it'd be great. Second star going to Kyle Lowry, 20 points, 7 of 17 shooting, 2 of 6 from the three-point line. Now, he did fail to hit some wide-open threes early in the game, and it was discouraging. But, um, you know, he hit those two towards the end. He didn't lose his confidence. Got to the free-throw line four times, I think two and ones, and also a shooting foul. It's it's very rare if Kyle can draw three shooting fouls nowadays. So, I, I thought the way he created offense, you know, especially in a bind, I thought he did pretty well. Uh, also had five rebounds, five assists, a steal. Um you know, one verticality play where uh, he stopped a fat two-on-one fast break, but uh, I think James Ennis got the call. <sighs> I mean, I don't know, man. Sixers did shoot twenty-six free throws for Raptors fifteen, but I I, I don't want to go into that today. I don't I don't think this is one of those games. I think, uh, yeah, I think the Sixers just did a really good job of shutting out the paint. The Raptors couldn't hit threes. That's kind of what it was. And then third star, I don't even know, man. Like, there were only two players I played well tonight: Kyle and Kawhi. Everyone else was varying degrees of bad you know pascal had the best raw numbers but he also had five fouls and you know shot nine to 25 from the field like not great mark if i if i really stretched that, i could give it to mark because he had 5.7 rebounds five assists but also he shot one of six from the field and like he's got to impose himself on the i guess i'll give it to mark but I, I really do think mark has to play a lot better than this like i don't think he needs to dominate through the post or anything but more jumpers for sure. Like just be more aggressive with your threes, and um, and yeah, I mean, you got to chip in with more than five points. But uh, all the other stuff was good for for Mark, so I'll give him that. I mean, Embiid only shot what two of seven from the field, eight free throws. Most of those were against Serge. You know, Mark did a great job on 
uh, Embiid. And Embiid, look, at the end, he did have an incredible move where Embiid was at the three-point line, pump faked, uh, Gasol stayed with him, cut off his drive, Embiid tried to spin towards the middle. There was help there with Pascal and, and Mark, and both of them jumped. And somehow Embiid sort of kept his pivot foot, kept his balance, and spun the other way and got the layup to go, and that was a huge bucket. And that's credit to him, man. The guy is like a generational talent. Embiid is incredible, but at the end of the day, he had 12 points, and, and Mark's defense against him has been has been real key. But, uh, yeah, three stars. I mean, I don't know. That third star wasn't that convincing. But uh, in terms of the Gerald Henderson Award, that's got to go to James Ennis. This man has killed the Raptors. 11 points in game one, 13 points in game two, and again, single-handedly outproducing the Raptors' entire bench. James Ennis the third, man. I, I – God, it's just annoying. And he's also playing great defense out there, by the way. Like, when the Rockets were talking about how James Ennis was going to be the next, like, Trevor Ariza, and he's going to be Ariza at a fashionable cost. Honestly, Ennis looked like Ariza out there tonight. So, you know, great defense, uh, great hustle by Ennis, and I kind of wish the Raptors had a guy like Ennis right now. I'm not going to lie, which is a hilarious thing to ask for because Ennis is not even that good. And then the Patrick Patterson Award for the player that most underperformed the regular season award. I'm sorry, Danny. I've been trying not to give it to you, but Danny, tonight, man. I mean, he looked. The one thing you can look at is plus-minus-wise, Danny was been was solid. You know, led the team in plus-14. Not much of that was f- because of Danny, though. Like, uh, Danny had a lot of wide-open opportunities. And Danny has been automatic all year. And when I watch him in warm-ups and everything, he's automatic. He just missed some shots tonight. But those were very, very crucial shots that he missed tonight. A lot of momentum-swinging soul-sucking uh, misses where, you know, uh, the Raptors, you have a uh, – when you see Danny Green open for three, you are excited. I know I'm definitely excited, and I I have confidence in it, and I, and I know he will make some more shots going forward, but Danny tonight, it was painful. One of eight from the field, one of six from the three-point line, um, you know. How would you like to look five years younger? In a clinical study, people that had volume added with Juvederm Voluma XC in the cheeks perceived themselves as looking five years younger at six months after treatment. Look younger, feel like you. Add volume for lift and contour in the cheeks with Juvederm Voluma XC. Reverse signs of aging by adding volume to smooth laugh lines with Juvederm Volur XC. For important safety information and to find a licensed specialist, visit Juvederm.com. That's J-U-V-E-D-E-R-M.com. Not for people with severe allergic reactions, allergies to lidocaine, or the proteins used in Juvederm. Common side effects include injection site redness, swelling, pain, tenderness, firmness, lumps, bumps, bruising, discoloration, or itching. There's a risk of unintentional injection into a blood vessel, which can cause vision abnormalities, blindness, stroke, temporary scabs, or scarring. Talk to a licensed specialist to find out if it's right for you. I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me, because you didn't use LinkedIn Jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. Just, he's got to do better. He's got to do better. And I know he will. So that does it for the podcast. Raptors are now one-on-one. About to head out on the road. I'm going to be in Philadelphia for games three and four. So look out for our coverage there. 
the podcast will be there. There'll be columns. There'll be reports from practice. You know, got a couple of video ideas. We're on. You know, we're cooking up. So definitely check those out on Yahoo Sports Canada. But uh, in the meantime, thanks everyone for listening, and uh, I'll check back in with you after Game Three. Peace. Imagine the softest sheets you've ever felt. Now imagine them getting even softer over time. That's what you'll feel with Bowling Branch's organic cotton sheets. In a recent customer survey, 96% replied that Bowling Branch sheets get softer with every wash. Start getting your best night's sleep in these sheets that get softer and softer for years to come. Try their sheets with a 30-night guarantee. Plus get 15% off your first order at BowlingBranch.com. Code BUTTERY. Exclusions apply. See site for details.